When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Cott and in this week's show I was joined by Andy Newport and Gordon Parks as we look back over the hoops dazzling display against Fenis Varos and where it leaves them for the season ahead. Right, I think the best place to start guys is Celtic's brilliant, dazzling win over Ferenc Varos last night in the Europa League. Finally, they get their kind of European campaign up and running. Um, I'll maybe start with yourself, Gordon. Um, whilst it was 2-0 and it was a kind of frustrating first half for Celtic, I thought in the end the scoreline flattered Ferenc Varos. I thought it could have easily been 5 or 6 to Celtic. It could have been. It could have been. Um, thankfully, the, they were wasteful, but you talk about the positives. I think it was a continuation of the way they played against Mullerwell at Fir Park on Saturday, I thought everything about their performance in the last, certainly for the first 15, 20 minutes, are a bit sluggish. But once they get into their stride, a counter-attack, the, the width they've got, um, the dynamic around Celtic just now with the energy in the middle of the park and a bit of creative flair. I think Tom Rogic's really become the kind of key operator. He's the guy that sprinkles the magic dust on the Celtic performances just now. And I think... When you looked at the performance yesterday, Postacoglu needed needed something emphatic, certainly in the kind of European stage, needed the points, first of all. Ferris Varos never offered much, never came out, but you can only beat what's in front of you, and they needed the win, and they got that. And as you say, Daniel, it could have been a barrel load. Um, in other occasions, they could rue that kind of wastefulness, but they've got so much attacking weapons now that uh, it bodes well, and you can see the momentum starting to build. Andy, the one thing that I think has been a theme throughout Celtic season so far is obviously the kind of defensive mistakes, kind of lapses at the back. It looks to me now that, at least, you know, for the time being, that Cameron Carter-Vickers and um, Starfield, Carter Starfield are the kind of first-choice centre-halves, and they look like they might be finding a bit of form. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to take a wee bit of time for these two guys. They've just sort of been plucked out of nowhere and thrust together to get that, you know, that bit of understanding, that, build that partnership. Um, I mean, what you've seen about Celtic is that defensively they've been, for large parts of the season, they've been a bit all over the shop. But I, mean, I think the thing that will give the team encouragement um, from last night is that it was a sort of a bit of a, a no drama affair. I mean, I, I think Ferenc Farris had a, a, an early an early chance but apart from that they didn't really offer much and a lot of that's got to be because the way Celtic controlled the game yeah French Farris didn't come out too much I mean uh, they were pretty you know they were lacking an ambition for a lot of it but to be fair Celtic did sort of shut them down and control the game for large parts I think that'll be the thing that really encourages Ange Postacoglu because there's been times where they've just not been able to have that control they've not been able to put a foot in the ball and, and unlimit opposition teams getting forward at them so the fact that they've come through that game a clean sheet 
pretty much unscathed. You, yeah, the, the, the win probably wasn't as, as big as we'd have liked, but you know, it was a straightforward win, and I think that's what Celtic, Celtic haven't, haven't had enough straightforward wins this season, so the fact that they got one at this sort of level will be will be really encouraging for them. Do you not think the whole thing's been galvanised? I mean, how, how many times can you get 50-odd thousand on a working day at half past three in the afternoon? Everything came together. I think there's a real kind of galvanising moment yesterday where, as Andy says, the control and authority that they had in the game, the fact that it did take a while to get the first goal, but you just kind of sense that everything was united. You know, the kind of clouds that have hung over the club, the political stuff on the kind of sidelines. It's certainly all been centralised now and, and the manager appears to be getting a response from the players. The fans like him. There's a togetherness. I think the whole chemistry yesterday was uh, certainly a positive kind of uh, feel for them to that support Celtic. We we need to um, we need to mention Gordon that the, uh, the the you touched on the first goal last night was a piece of magic. I mean the ball from Jota was fantastic, but the first touch from Kyogo was was sublime. Yeah, you've got you've got two technical players there that have come in and enhanced the team straight straight away. I think. Jota, the pedigree he has to play for Portugal's under-21 side, the amount of times he has to play for a top club in Portugal, to come off the bench so often, he's still young. The vision in the past was was terrific. The movement of Kyoko, the touch, that kind of definite quality you get with Kyoko, you know that his touch is going to be good, you know that he, he's technically aware of the surrounds to take his touch to the safe side and just simply finish it. It was perfect, and I think it's indicative of the way Celtic are just now. They have got people that can open the door, they've got invention, they've got that cutting edge on occasion. But if you can pick fault in it, there's chances that were missed. But you talk about the goal; it was uh, it was fantastic. Andy, this is this is a bold shout, but and I know it's extremely early, and I'm being wildly outrageous by even saying this. But do you think Kyogo is almost? Talent-wise, looks like, to me the kind of Dembele, Edward levels. Is that fair? Um, I'm not sure I'd go as far as saying he was at that just yet. Um, I think those guys sort of proved it over over a period of time that allowed you to make those sort of assessments. It's still early days, but you know he's, he just makes such a difference to the Celtic team when he was out injured. They, they missed him and they missed him badly and as soon as you see him coming back in against Leverkusen yeah he misses a, a couple of big chances in that game but just the way that he's able to stretch defence he's open up space I think that's so key to the way that Ange Postecoglou wants to play this sort of you know foot to the floor football you know handbrake off you need to be with guys that just go and Christ can he, can he go you know what I mean um, and you know it, it's been such an impression and I, I think as well what's it, He's not really had a settling in period for him. He's just hit the ground running and, and hit it hard. You know what I mean? So he's he's impressive. I think there's a wee bit to go yet. I mean, I think the likes of Dembele had so much more about them in terms of what they could do outside the box. Um, you know, certainly when you know Kyogo get moved uh, over to the wing at Ibrox and that, that game. He didn't do too much. He, he wasn't as impressive. I, I don't think he's, you know, obviously I think he played wide quite a bit in Japan. To me, he doesn't look like the type of guy that's got a trick that will, will go past somebody or will deliver a quality cross. But what he does when you play him through the middle, he just stretches teams and he, he frightens them with their pace. I mean, you saw that again at the, the game I broke to when, you know, as soon as 
he went through in the middle the last 20 minutes Celtic all of a sudden caused Rangers problems and you're starting to see that again in, in Europe you know even a team as, as good as Leverkusen he gave them headaches and if he just finished and been a wee bit sharper that day he would have got himself a couple of goals so but you know promising signs he's, he seems to be a really good buy and I think uh, Postacoco is talking about going back to Japan January and pulling a few more guys like him out if he can get somebody of his quality over then it should be a, it should be exciting for Celtic yeah. for the second I half of the season I don't agree with a word Andy said there <laughs> <laughs> not for the first time not for the first time <laughs> He handles the ball better than the two strikers you've mentioned. He's a different proposition. The big difference is that those two guys are physical players. They can, they can, they've got a, they can hold the ball in better. They've got a more kind of a target man presence. Coco's a different operator. I think he has got a trick. I think he's uh, he's brained. His mind is is much sharper. I think the position for him has to be found. He's wasted in the in in the wide area. I think he has to be playing with somebody central. And I think he allows to give him the license to kind of drift. I think he's got a brilliant football brain, but I think he lacks the attributes when you're talking about that real power and pace. Mm-hmm. Those two two strikers who are different animals. You yeah. think he lacks pace? I mean, eh? You think he lacks pace? See, when you're talking about Edward, Edward when he manages to get a turn and a, a run, there's, a, there's an acceleration and a power there. Coco plays a different game. He plays in, he plays in bursts. And he's 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 more effective playing in those weak in pockets because his 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 brain's more attuned to playing as a kind of link up. Those two guys are more individual, and I think you talk about Kyoko not having the delivery. I disagree. I think he's got it all. I should say to be fair, when I when I posed that question, I didn't really mean it as in a comparison to Dembele and Edward. I just mean, and this is this again is a big shout. But when you look back to the best sort of strikers since Henrik Larsson. You know, you look at Edward, you look at Dembele, and I know it's so early, and I know I'm being wild even suggesting that Andy... And you see, when you talk about value, value as a, as a player, I think Andy touched on it as well. We only recognise the real calibre and value of a player until he isn't there. And I think the absence of him for three weeks or a month was so noticeable. Mm-hmm. And I think your top quality Celtic strikers, you've mentioned a few of them, it's an absence that makes them valuable because you know what you're getting when they're actually there. And there's evidence of Kyoko being that guy. Another player that looks like he's really developing a key player, you mentioned Gordon as well, is, is Felipe Jota. Now, we know, or, or I think it's kind of fact that it's a £6.5 buyout from, from Benfica. He, I mean, again, early days, but he already looks to me like that would be a snap in the current market. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about... Um, a guy that's got his best years ahead of him, he's still learning. I think he loves the atmosphere at Celtic. He seems to thrive on playing regularly, playing in front of an enthusiastic fan that have always the fan base that have taken to him. I think what you're going to get is a market value that's only going to go up. Uh, how far it can go up depends on if he can sustain it. But I think there will be other clubs noticing how well he's done. If you can go and do that deal, just now do it. It's uh, a calibre of player that Celtic should be attracting and should be trying to nurture. And I think all what we've seen from him, Andy talks about tricks. I think he's got, he can go left, he can go right. I think he's got a killer ball. I think he's got a finish. And I think he's got a vibrance about him that Celtic fans, he's a classic Celtic player. He gets you I, off I, your feet. I think attitude as well is a big thing. I mean, I was at the Dundee United game where Celtic sort of laboured through that. Uh, obviously drew one each. And in terms of guys taking responsibility, it, it was pretty much Jota that was the guy 
try to drive Celtic on that game and try to get them to a point where they could get a result. And for a guy at his age to be doing that and taking that burden in his shoulders was just so impressive. And you saw touches again that again last night when the ball he plays for Kyogo, right? It's you know absolutely sublime, inch perfect pass, striker's dream. And if I have a young guy with that attitude, that willingness to to drive a team on, bodes so well. And yeah, I think you're right. I think if Celtic allow this guy to slip through his fingers, it'll be a, a huge, huge miscalculation because he looks the real deal. Andy, you've also got Michael Johnson coming on yesterday, looking as if he'd a point to prove, really getting, uh, showing kind of influence, you know, definitely made a, a, a kind of spark to the game. Where does he come back in? He'll be realising now that he's at an age where he has to go and deliver week in, week out, try and shake the kind of injury nightmare that he's had, try and get a sustained run. But getting that run, if Celtic want to raise the, raise the bar, the competition for uh, starts is going to be fierce. Well, and that's, that's, that's all that's what Celtic need, you know, competitions for places because it's what they've, they've lacked throughout the season and, you know, Postacoglu's had to sort of, you know, patch a team together at times Whereas you know, if you can get, you know, Mikey Johnson back fit and firing, getting the sort of levels that he showed early doors under Redden Rogers, if you can get, um, you know, James Forrest back in there again and get bodies in, give them, you know, they've got attributes, they've got weapons. It's The trouble with Celtic is this season has been that when one or two of them been out injured, they don't have the guys to come in and replace them. I still think they're short in other places. I mean, again, we've seen you know, the full-back areas has been a concern the last few weeks um, with injuries they've got there. You know, they're still, you know, obviously getting big Julian back would be a, 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 boost, a boost to the, the, the centre of the defence. But, you know, as much as we're saying, Carter Vickers and Starfelt did well yesterday, but um, that's not always been the case. So, they need the extra depth that's why January is going to be huge for them but the fact if you can get the guys that are performing well this now and back them up with guys coming off the bench also performing to a high level then that's only good news for, for Poster Coughlin trying to get this team to the levels that he wants them to be at I think I think one guy that, that came off the bench last night that deserves a mention as well I was going to Gordon you, you stole my thunder by bringing Mikey Johnson up but I think Jackie Manis the, the Greek striker I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that Correctly, apologies to all of our Greek uh, viewers. Um, but I thought he came on and made a real difference. He looked sharp, he looked fit, he looked lean, and he looked like he could be a real option for Celtic going forward. He also looked a bit too keen. I think that's. I think he's shown that in the last couple of times he's come off. Certainly at Motherwell on Saturday, he had a chance, and he opted to turn inside rather than shoot. Mm. I think he needs to get off the mark. He needs to hit the ground running. Again, he's a player that's had a difficult start. He's only just completed his kind of pre season. But his pedigree is there. He scores goals. He looks as if he needs to get that kind of confidence boost. But again, it bodes well for Celtic. Andy's talking about things coming together. Things are looking much more brighter. There's a huge asset. This is a guy that's come having scored plenty of goals. And he brings that wee bit of physicality. And I think he did look good. His movement's good. But he needs to calm himself down, get off the mark, and then take it for there. What do you think, Andy? Do you think Jack Manis could be a... An option going forward? You might say, Andy, Andy, try and get through it without saying it. <laughs> <laughs> the great lad, I. Um, <laughs> uh, that was the first glimpses, glimpses of him I saw. I saw yesterday, I didn't see the, the model game at the weekend, obviously, but, um, you know, he looks, he looks uh, you know, sharp. I mean, I, I, the chance he sort of hooked over the bar, it was, a, it was a nice first touch in sort of tight area. So I agree with, with Parks in the sense with the 
looks like he's a wee bit too keen. I mean, the, the, the chance of the corner that he goes to head in, he tries to absolutely, you know, cement the ball with his head. Where I think if I just a wee a glance, would have probably done the job. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one for strikers because you're obviously judged on goals and coming into a huge club like Celtic, if you don't hit the ground running, especially the way that Kyogo's performing right now, because obviously he's going to be compared to him. You know, Kyogo scored pretty obviously really early on in his Celtic career. If, if Jackie Marcus comes in and and doesn't do that, then you know the comparisons will be will be made that he's not up to the mark, and so. Yeah, if he can, the sooner he can go off, uh, get that first goal under his belt, then the better for him. But yeah, from the, the, the small small sample I saw him yesterday, it looks it looks like a decent prospect. There's no, there's no doubt that it was a genuinely dazzling display from Celtic, but just to temper things a little bit, we've seen earlier in the campaign that Celtic have run over the top of teams at home, um, five six 0 wins. I mean. For want of a better phrase, is there a danger, Gordon, that this might be another kind of false dawn? To me, it felt a bit different last night. No, I think, yeah, uh, I know what you mean. And I think there is always a danger that you kind of accelerate things far too quickly and don't really appreciate that. For, for example, Motherwell weren't, weren't great on Saturday. Fern Varish weren't great yesterday. But as Celtics style just now and it's a confidence that it seems to be sweeping through the club you've got guys you've got a midfield there it's completely clicking together it's a dynamic performance you're getting week in week out but I think the manager is also kind of he, he looks at home now and he looks as if his message is getting across and I think when you're talking about the players that are coming off the, off the bench that strength and depth James Forrest will come back Julian will come in James McCarthy needs to get back playing. I just think that there's a real quality there at Celtic and I think it's emphatic just now. I think it's hard to argue with the calibre of player that they've, that they've got. Fullback areas aside, everything's coming into clear focus and I think you've seen a team playing at the top of their game. It doesn't matter who you're playing. I think there's a rhythm to Celtic. There's a style of play. Listen, at Celtic, things can go awry quickly. But the manager seems to be getting exactly what he wants out of his team and that's that's critical. He's also, I think the manager, he's also kind of thriving, I think, on the, the kind of white-hot atmosphere of Scottish football. You, we mentioned before we went live, Gordon, about how, you know, his kind of prickly comments. I think he, I think he looks like he's, in, he's enjoying it. He's enjoying those little kind of mini battles and he was talking last night about how you know, I don't pop champagne corks for clean sheets. You know, he, you know, I think he's enjoying himself. Daniel, I spoke to one of his pals, uh, a guy called Alan Davidson, who used to play for the Australian national team. He's got about 70 caps. And he's credited between Angie's mate and Australia. They know each other inside out. And I phoned him when he got the job. And I says, what, what can we expect? And he said, don't expect him to become your pal. Not interested. Don't expect him to react to things. He will never bite. Expect him to focus on getting the job done. It's not charisma. It's not somebody who's going to break his neck to try and become popular. Just wants to be effective and get the job done. And you can see all these traits. I was at Motherwell on Saturday and I asked him after the game if Rangers dropping a couple of points was icing on the, on the cake. And he just looked at me and said, I thought the title race was over. <laughs> We're on our own race. And it's that kind of barbed, no-nonsense 
doesn't suffer fools. Whether he's treating me like a fool, I don't know. But you can take my point. He's getting no time for the small talk. He just wants to be a good Celtic manager. And that's what he's concentrating on. And I think all the noise that goes around the old firm, all the hysteria, I don't think it impacts him. And I think Alan Davidson's critique of the guy was absolutely spot on. He just is somebody who's determined to be the best that he can be. And he doesn't care if he makes friends or enemies along the way. And that bodes well for Celtic. And all of a sudden, Andy, obviously Celtic have got three points now. Um, if by Leverkusen take care of Real Betis over the two games, which I know is a huge if, you're all of a sudden looking at a Celtic can beat Ferenc Varos away from home, a potentially huge game, final game at home against Betis, where Celtic could still be in with a shot of going through. I mean, it's went from the Conference League to maybe Europa League again. That would be a huge boost to Celtic, given the way that things went last season. I mean, the European reputation took a bit of a doing last year. Obviously, finishing bottom of the group, one of the lowest points total of all time. So, for them to be able to sort of perhaps be looking at European football beyond Christmas, especially Europa League football beyond Christmas, would be would be great for the club. Um, and just another sign of the progress. I mean, I don't think anyone expected, you know, Celtic to come back this season and compete on sort of you know four fronts, home and abroad. But, you know, bit by bit, they're getting their act together. Um, they've still got some work to do. As I say, January's going to be a, a huge a huge month for them. But if they can get the business done uh, against uh, over in Hungary, against Franz Varus, and if they get a favour, obviously, from Leverkusen, then, then it really does set it up. I mean, you know, and obviously, what they've got to be careful with is probably going to Germany and, and taking a sore one over there. Because, obviously, you know, Leverkusen are a top side as much as they get a bit of a sore one for Bayern Munich at the weekend, um, but they, they showed at Parkhead that they're a top side. But I think Celtic, it's it's encouraging progress for them. They, they, they look, they, they don't, I mean, I think at the start of the season, a lot of folk were saying that they could be quite a bit off. You know, even, you know, Rangers were at, Rangers obviously come back a wee bit, and I think Celtic aren't anywhere near as bad as, as some were suggesting they were going to be. Yeah. And just to just to kind of finish on uh, Celtic Gordon, after last night, you'd fancy them at least to get that Europa Conference League spot, wouldn't you? You would. I think I was over in Betis and I watched Real Betis. They just operate at a different level. They've got better players and we've got to accept it. Certainly Celtic aren't as, as, as bad as Andy says, as people make out. I think they're a good side and I think they're getting better. But you're talking levels here, of calibre of player, I think uh, Betis are just that bit beyond Celtic. Leverkusen are a class act and I think they displayed that at Celtic Park. The biggest danger for Celtic is, as Andy says, to get a smack in the face over over there. And that's the last thing the club needs. But these two clubs operate at a different level. Um, I think Celtic at home with that fan base grabbing a point against Betis, I don't think they'll get it, but it's possible. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can join in the discussion on Facebook and you can find us on Twitter at record under slash sport and at record sport on Instagram. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>